Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This week's episode of Game Dev Unchained is sponsored by us. <laughs> That's right. This one is for all the students and new hires in the game development industry. We've compiled all of our career tips and secrets into a must-have guide called Game Dev Unchained Game Industry Survival Guide. This 10-chapter book breaks down the most important steps that you need to really get your career going. So if you love our podcast, you definitely want to check out our book. It's available today on Amazon. All right. Thanks, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls all over the world, the globe and international, it is that weekly podcast. This is The Voice, Larry Charles, one half of the hosting team, and the other half, fresh off of his tour promoting Beachbody by Brandon, Mr. Brandon Pham. Hey, ready to work out this week with me, Brandon Pham, and please welcome our fan favorite, I'm declaring it, you've been here long enough, <laughs> Raymond Grand. Is if anything, he's the third podcast host. What's up, Ray? How's it going, buddy? How you guys doing? I'm good. So this episode, if you uh, haven't read the title, is our monthly roundtable, and in this type of episode, we talk about what's hot, what's not. Last month, uh, for the month of January. Uh, disclaimer, I think we were big enough that we have to say that this only reflect our own opinions and not our companies that we work for or anyone else. These are opinions. We're not reporters. We're literally yes. picking news off the headlines and having opinions on them. So don't get mad. Yeah. <laughs> Take it or leave it. All right. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I don't want any more emails. <laughs> yeah, no more emails. <laughs> or just turn us off. Not really. Just turn it lower. Anyways, <laughs> first topic, and you can't bypass January without talking about Oculus Zenimax lawsuit. Yeah. So uh, a little info. Uh, obviously, Zenimax filed a lawsuit after Oculus got bought by Facebook. Everyone, of course, is siding with Facebook at first, but more te- details regarding how John Carmack kind of and a bunch of employees kind of jump ship. Uh, so Zenimax is obviously pissed. Their stance is that, you know, this is 15 years of research that Oculus kind of took and, and uh, you know, ruined NDA and all these trade secrets that turned it into a, a lawsuit, right? So they are asking for $2 billion for, for, Dan, for, for $2 billions plus another $2 billions for reasons. Uh, I don't, I'm not even sure. It's just like $2 billion for pain, yeah, $2 yeah. Billion for suffering. Yeah, for $4 yeah, yeah. billion dollars they're asking for. Yeah, it was something like $2 billion for, uh, for actual damages. Yes. And then another $2 billion for punitive damages. There you go. So, so just... Yeah. So what you do is, and I, I told Larry this is, you ask for four billion, and then you get five hundred million. That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. So Jesus. if you haven't read the news, Zenimax set, uh, got a settlement, right? Or not a settlement? They, they, settlement. they yeah, they got awarded five hundred million dollars uh, for uh, not trade secret reasons, but uh, for uh, you know for Facebook or Oculus ruining the NDA or violating yeah. it. So what are you guys' thoughts on this? 
Like, well, the thing is, I thought it was uh, that they actually found that Oculus didn't misappropriate trade secrets, but it's just the effect of the talent poaching, I thought, was most of what happened, right? Like, weren't there a lot of counts that went against them and they actually were able to defend successfully most of them? Yeah, well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't read uh, the actual verdict or anything like that, That's but true. from what I understood, they got awarded that money and it wasn't the full, like, it was what was it? Palmer Lucky has to pay 50 million. Yeah. Uh, Brian Ebry, however you pronounce his last name, uh, the CEO has to pay 150 million. Damn. And then, uh, and then Facebook has to come up with the other 250. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's, and it, from what I understood, it was for NDA. Yes. Violations. NDA. And uh, not for, tra- not for trade secrets. Oh, uh, okay. But it was, it was, but it was kind of funny though, like the Oculus, uh, one of their PR people had a reaction to it and was like, you know, we, you know, the, we have been found, you know, innocent of, uh, of misappropriating, uh, trade secrets, but we, you know, we still have to pay 500 million. Like it was almost like they're, they're counting it as a success. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of funny, but, uh, but you know, yeah, if, if somebody's asking for 4 billion and you have to, and you're only breaking out away with 500 million. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah, that's less of a loss. I'll say yeah. <laughs> not enough to call it a win, but less of a loss. What worries me is like, I was saying this to Brandon earlier is like, I'm worried about where that money is going to come from. Right. So like, it's easy to say Facebook money and it's easy for them to say, Oh, the CEO has access to this or access to that. But the Oculus program in its infancy, all it's done so far has been a cash dump. Right. <laughs> I don't see Oculus is flying off of store shelves. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't see the consumer saturation point where I would even think that investing that much more money into the program is going to just get returned somewhere unless we're talking five, 10 years down the line. It, yeah. Well, it's interesting you're saying that because it is totally a long-term play, right? For Facebook. Right. And like, and I, and just as this verdict went down, I asked somebody, I was like, Oh, so how much did they buy Oculus for again? Mm. Right. They told That's me, yeah, it's only like two billion, right? And so 150 million is the cost of doing business. So it's like what, 10 percent, 10 percent fee or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. like all right, whatever, right? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like in the grand yeah. in the grand scheme of how much money they've already spent, it's really not that much, <laughs> right? Well, what about the CEO's 150 million? That's <laughs> but that dude. <laughs> what about him? But okay, first of that dude would probably be you know he's not happy about it for sure. And Oculus already sure. Oculus already said that they're they're going to be appealing, right? But uh, but that guy's already he's a CEO and he's been a CEO of other different companies and he's already kind of damn near a billionaire, right? Yeah. So like you know he. He ain't he, he doesn't have to bust open his feet his piggy bank to get the money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not that big of a deal, right? And uh and I think the I think the money is actually more of a deal for Xenomax mm-hmm. than say for any of those guys. Oh Xenomax yeah, just, just got it's more of a game for Xenomax. <laughs> and it is a loss for Oculus and everyone else. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I think we see it. I guess. That's a good year for Zenimax. <laughs> Zenimax doesn't need to do anything else. <laughs> they just made GTA money the, by yeah. whining. I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to like in a weird situation. Facebook's kind of the underdog. Like everyone's kind of rooting for Facebook. It's like it, it feels like a cash grab. Obviously, in the case, you know, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, and 
there were some mudslinging, of course, you know, Zenimax saying this mm-hmm. and that about how they're using their talent to to make this better. And, you know, Palmer Lucky wasn't talented enough to come up with this on his own. So he, he had all this help from the Zenimax employees or John Carmack to, to be exact and specific mm-hmm. about it. And uh, I, I'm sure at some point, you know, there was some sharing, but... In the end, John Carmack on the stand said he they didn't use any of his code. You know, their uh, Oculus guy's code was better. All he was, he was just excited as a guy and wanted to support it. So it's really difficult to exactly say that Facebook was completely guilt free. Who knows? You know what happened? Mm-hmm. But I guess both sides are happy. The way that I look at it, though. in a way. <laughs> yeah, Facebook still has the talent, and that's what they care for. They still have the goose that lays the golden eggs. So yep. even with the 150, I think they'll still come out on top. I just, as a dollar value today, I asked that 150, I don't know where that 150 500, is. 500 million, by the way. Not oh, thank you. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, yeah. 500 million, even worse. <laughs> That's a lot. Well it's, five, well, it's 500 million from all of those guys, right? Sure. But it's, uh, yeah. it's Facebook has to come up with $150 million. Yeah, that's like a two hours for them. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give me two hours of Facebook's ads. Some, some, ad, some ad revenue, some ad revenue right there. Like what, a month, month ad revenue? Some tax write-offs. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's still, I look at it as 25% of the, I guess, monetary on paper value of the product that they acquired has now just been added onto it. Yeah. So well, you, it just became 25% more expensive. Yeah. yeah. Well, you would think though at this point, at this point, uh, Oculus's valuation should be higher than how much yes. Facebook initially paid for yes. them, right? Because they've actually yeah. shipped the product, they shipped the touch, they shipped the touch controllers. You know, also they've, they've done they've done some things, right? Still, I think the valuation is valuations are just made up anyway for the most part, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like titles now worth six hundred million dollars out of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah. I thought that they were worth two hundred million from Sprint, and then maybe fifteen million from whatever else was left over. Yeah, it turns out companies are worth whatever people are willing to pay for them, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm saying is, Zuckerberg, I guess that's everything. <laughs> Zuckerberg yeah. like double down on that VR social avatar clothing wear. <laughs> like they need to start <laughs> pumping out more clothes for those little avatars <laughs> they came up with. Because yeah, on, I mean, change my time. yeah. If they're going long term, uh, who knows when they're going to make five hundred million just from Oculus, right? Just return on investment. The problem that I have with long term is these devices are already expensive to make, and this is the first iteration, and it's, and it's taking a lot of time, a lot of research, and a lot of money to put it together. Ten years from now, I don't think that the same Oculus is going to be able to survive because who knows what kind of technological changes or advancements are coming our way that they're going to have to adapt, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what worries me. Yeah, they're not sitting there at the Facebook headquarters just working on the old-ass technology, <laughs> right? Like, 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 like they're, working yeah. on the, they're working on the next stuff. There's stuff that's coming out next, right? So Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah. this is a non-essential device to me, right? Like, a cell right. phone I can see as an essential device. This right. is a non-essential device. And so I'm worried about, like, hey, guys, Here's the new new Oculus. That's thirteen hundred, seventeen hundred. Yeah, you know that's. I think bad. yeah, they want to get to that point where they're like, here's the new new thing that's integrated into this device that everybody already has. Yeah. That's why whenever yeah. John Carmack talks about VR, he always talks about mobile, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like like that's that's where they think the money is at, right? Yeah. So they just want to keep pushing pushing that way. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they're working on, you know, Google came out with the Android and have their Pixel phone now. I wouldn't be surprised if Facebook gets into mobile with the Oculus as their mobile device of some sort, you know. Yeah, well, they they already already took a stab with the Gear VR. Right, they're testing, I think. Yeah. But eventually, I think they're going to back it with the, like, this is our mobile device, you know. Right, right. These are your avatars. You know, Facebook is like (laughs) the center operating system of everything and yeah yeah or even here's or here's this new crazy facebook ar thing all of yeah, a sudden out of the exactly view, right? like you know yeah they, i'm uh, actually surprised if i'm actually surprised that facebook went vr before ar i thought facebook would have done a lot better with an ar offering because it seems like an overlay of the world, right, with more information and plugins to connectivity would have been actually a stronger suit for them to play yeah, but I think, but I think as with anything, AR is hard. <laughs> you know, it's just it's hard, and so the VR was just it's just easier to do the VR first. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Right? Yeah. Well, Facebook, if you're listening to Game Dev Unchained podcast, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> I hope you guys have an AR division and you're investigating it. And thanks for supporting, by the way. Feel free to tweet us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that's. Uh... I mean, that settles it. I was very surprised on the verdict. I didn't really think they'd get any money, to be honest. Uh, this is very surprising that they actually got 500 mil, which is a victory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> victory dance. <laughs> I'm sure at some point they were like, are you sure we should do this? You know, it's like, like what's the worst thing that can happen? We get 500 yeah. mil, right? That yeah. law firm is like, they are getting their upgrades. What do they get, like 4%, 5%, something Dude, like that? Dude, 500 million dollars yeah. is a lot of money. To everyone that isn't Facebook, <laughs> that is a lot of money, man. <laughs> everybody would be happy. Yeah, yeah like I was, I was surprised too, right? But like, I guess like I haven't been following that case. I don't know what the hell evidence was put forward, right? So, so you know. Yeah, I mean, there were some interesting facts. You know, they they, they had these meetings. They were talking about at some point uh, the Brendan. I remember, I remember when the, the CEO of Oculus, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, was under under oath was saying how during one of the meetings with the execs at Zenimax, they were straight up calling them kids. You know, you guys should yeah. be lucky that you're ever in a meeting with us. Like, so you can see that type of, you know, elderly kind of condescending attitude towards like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. You're lucky to even be in this yeah. room with your toy. So I can see yeah. that. Like, and it's suddenly it being bought by Facebook with $2 billion. That's the biggest fuck you letter <laughs> that, that, that got. So the, like bitterness, right? It's like, oh yeah, fuck you, fuck you. You know? <laughs> We're going to see your ass. So, Like, yeah. And I think, yeah, Cinemax has like kind of a reputation of being Douchebaggery like that, right? Yeah. So, 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 so when, it, when the lawsuit happened, everybody just assumed, "Oh, yeah, it's Max being douchebags again," right? Yeah. And uh, and it turns out Zenimax got got awarded five hundred million dollars. It pays to be a douchebag. I mean, they, <laughs> they definitely went for it and got it, man. So it's still it's still like it's still to be determined if they actually received the money, yeah. but we'll see. Uh, but we'll see. Form, yeah. 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 It's true. If this first case, the jury has awarded 500 mil and they've given everyone the payouts, but if an appeal goes through and it gets overturned or if it gets amended, uh, you know, it could be completely different. So yeah. at this point, actually no money has changed hands. 
still, dude, like Zenimax going there, all threats. Now it has 500 million. You know, they're going to come in all cocky, man. It's like, well, it's in accounts receivable, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. That's <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, accounting. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much Oculus last month. The crazy. It, it was like in a span of three weeks when it started and when it ended. It literally ended like uh, at the end of January. So, that was the verdict. I think it surprised everyone. Yeah, I'm uh, still shocked. Pretty shocking. Well, anyways, uh, January was another month where Nintendo Switch unveiled a little Mm. bit more about their Wii remote controllers that you can (laughs) detach. I mean, pretty much. It's like Wii remote controller on iPad. Oh, Uh, man, they hate hate, hate already. No. Hey, I'm going to say I actually like it. Like, I I think they they haven't unveiled everything about the system. You know, they haven't... Mm. They haven't really uh, talked about the touch, the touch screen stuff capability. I'm assuming it works like an iPad. They haven't really shown the gameplay mechanics with it, but uh, I like the idea. This is something that I've been noticing, right? Uh, at least with the game industry and analog game industry, like a lot of people are uh, so uh, so apart from each other. Where you're seeing like this move towards board games again. Like you see all these Kickstarters. If you pay attention to it. These these card games are getting kickstarted like crazy, and I see them at Target now and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think the Switch, if they've done their marketing research or something, are is seeing this trend back to the party gathering mm-hmm. thing. The success of the Wii was was based on family get together and just hanging yeah. out with each other. So I think that's what they're capitalizing on, and I think mm-hmm. that's it's. I think they're actually going to do it, man. Like it's the pre-orders from the last I heard. It's sold out. Like you can't find it anywhere right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I understand the the nostalgia for in person, you know, social entertainment, right? Like we have done a lot of, you know, play Xbox Live or get PS Network and play Call of Duty from your house by yourself with a headset with other people across. Like yeah, sure, we had connectivity, but we didn't actually have that in person. So like you said, Cards Against Humanity, right, was a big statement. This is just paper with words on it, and people are going nuts over this game because it's a lot of fun to play with people in person. Mm-hmm. And uh, if that's what Nintendo is trying to do, like I, I'll give them credit for trying. Mm-hmm. And I'll say I like the idea of the Switch because I've been waiting for a long time for gaming on the go, where my game at home is my game at the bus stop is my game at work. Um, I don't know if the Switch is too late. I think it, I think. This effort is a little too late, is my opinion. What do you little, think, Ray? A little. I just have a question, though. A little too. Sure. First of all, first of all, both of y'all sound like a bunch of haters. But, no, no. But also, but, but, but also <laughs> my question is, my question is, uh, a little too late for what? And compared so here, to what? So a little too late in in this in this first sense. Uh, I don't like that they've launched so far away from when PS4 and the Xbox One come out, so that the chance of there being parity between games is a lot lower. Um, they're gonna have a lot of first party stuff, but like if I were to say, man, which one should I get? The PlayStation, the Nintendo, or the Xbox? PS4 and Xbox have already had a lead, right? I'm already kind of committed to a platform, mm-hmm. so I'm out. I'm now making the decision: Do I want another video game platform? Or do I stick with what I have versus them coming out at the same time, companies being able to say, I can make one game that goes on all three systems, 
so that's one part of them being a little late is just being kind of behind the, the big two. Uh, yeah. It more or less means they're doubling down on their own first party stuff or people who are small enough that being third party only for Nintendo is still a viable business option. Right. Uh, the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I was just saying like, but now, you know, nowadays, like, or even even back in the day, right, there was a difference between PS3 hardware and Xbox 360 hardware, PS2 hardware, Nintendo 64. There's all these different platforms, right? And I think like, comparing the switch to like ps4 xbox 3 or xbox one is just ridiculous right like it's it's way way underpowered compared to compared to those uh boxes right uh so like so so that whole comparison is kind of like a like you just can't even factor it into the equation really right because and on on top of it and on top of it the price of selling it at is way less than what it costs to buy any of those other boxes right so so like so it's like a cheaper price if those boxes are kind of expensive then maybe well, the, you go for the cheaper one and then on top of it on top of it they have the games right so they have you know their their flagship titles that are always dope mm-hmm. and like you know you can't tell me you saw mario and we're like oh my god or you see zelda and you're like oh my god like that that looks dope like it looks really good, right? You can always so, count uh, on them with their games. I, I think yeah. this is where Nintendo's standing, right? Which, and it's funny that you're talking about the the third publisher stuff. Like they actually just announced like a hundred publishers are are uh, are creating games for the Switch. Like people yeah. have signed yeah. on and are really excited about their platform. So. At least compared to the Wii U, Wii U only had 150 games or something, or publishers or something like that. Something, yeah. and they're already almost eclipsing that. So, it's they're off to a good start. And I feel like Nintendo right now is like in a fuck it mode. Like they kind of know that they're behind, <laughs> and they yeah. they know they're not. As far as parody goes, they're never gonna want to. They they made that a statement. Like we're not gonna try to match the other systems, right? We know we're not in that department, mm-hmm. and we don't want to make it that expensive. So I and the fact that they're launching in March too, right? They're those systems usually launch around Christmas, and they're, mm-hmm. they're launching in March. Uh, they have a Super Bowl ad. Like I think, I think at least with the Wii, right? The, the really successful last successful system. Uh, besides, the have you have you seen have you seen it? Because I just watched the Super Bowl ad before mm-hmm. uh, before recording this. Yeah, and like that Super Bowl ad is dope. It is just well okay. done. Yeah. And like if you if you're sitting it. yeah if you're sitting at home watching Super Bowl with your whole family and you got friends over and everybody's over and you watch that ad, that ad is dope. That ad is really selling what they're going for. Like, yeah. totally, right? Uh, it's hard. It's hard to, just, you know, it's hard to say, like, how successful it's going to be and all this kind of stuff, right? Like, you don't have a crystal ball. But I know, like, at the price point, It's a right? good price point, yeah. And at the and at the games I see coming, I it was a no-brainer to pre-order it for myself. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Ray, has there been a console that came out in the last 10 years that you didn't pre-order? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. I did not. Just make sure. Just no, make no, no. Sure. I, did, I did not pre-order an Xbox One, nor did I pre-order a PS4. Okay. Oh. But you have a PS4. I was in I was in line for a PS4, but I didn't pre-order a PS4. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure the date is correct. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> yeah, um, right. So... 
I no, I, I, I literally, honestly, what it was was, was like, oh, I don't need to get it right away. I don't need to get it right away. Oh, and then I was just, then I was driving by the Best Buy, and I'm like, oh, the line doesn't seem very long. Yeah. And then I just got in the line. Like that's how that's how it went down. <laughs> that's how long it took. A line. So, yeah. <laughs> and plus, this Nintendo's like. This is Nintendo's curse and, and, and gift, man. Every other year or every other console, they, they kill it. Yeah, so, they, they ebb and flow. <laughs> they, they, yeah, it's it's like, I think if there was a console that Nintendo could have came out with at this time, yeah. at this moment, especially with the trend of social gathering, yeah. this system seems to be the way to do it. Because even me, as a as a, a father, like I, I can see the value of me just playing games with my son. Just like, hey, let's just play stuff while mom's in in the mall. I give <laughs> like, you that. It's cool. That's cool. I give you that. And it's, yeah. I'll say, like it's like an iPad with two controllers, but that's good because then no one's touching the screen, no one's hands in the way. So yeah. you and your son playing games together, totally see it. I get it. 100%. I think that's the target, and I think that's what they're aiming for. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the pre-orders is better yeah. than Wii U, so it's yeah. sold out. So group gaming is what they're going for, and niche gaming is what they're going for. Nintendo first-party stuff pushed to the max. If you want to be a third party, you better that be small. Is, Good luck. That no, that is that is not niche. That is just games. <laughs> no, that's man. Just game, no, man. Dude. That's game. To me, man, Nintendo. No. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Let's, let's put a PS4 on the table then. <laughs> but even, but honestly, okay, since we're talking about niche and all this kind of stuff, right? well, like, no, no. If you look at Xbox One, right? Okay. And you, look at, you look at the games that are on Xbox One and you look at PS4, right? Now, if you want to talk about high fidelity graphics, right? PS, PS4, and if you look at the games that they have on PS4, right? They have, they have a huge indie uh, support. Mm, they, yeah. got, they got near a Tom... Automata, how you say that? Mm-hmm. Automata, Automata coming out. Mm-hmm. They got Neho. They got Gravity Rush Two just came out. Like, like those are some like very those are niche games, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so, like, and that's why Sony's killing Microsoft right now because they just got yeah. games and they and they, they the show yeah. and they show that they care yes. about games, right? And I that's agree. and that's totally Nintendo. That's totally Nintendo no. as well. They care about games. They care about gameplay. No. Nintendo is totally games by yeah. us. <laughs> by Nintendo. <laughs> well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, how how uh, how big are they reaching out to indie developers to create it for their system? I mean, they're mostly going to be online, right? They they have on memory on there, but like most of their games they will have an online store that you can purchase games and stuff like how yeah. how much easier are they going to make it for people like us to to make games for them if you want yeah i've no idea yeah but I, that's I, what i'm wondering because that would fix the third publisher problem like if i i mean unreal is already out there supporting uh for the, the switch like if you have unreal you can you can port your games to the Nintendo Switch. So that's a good step mm-hmm. forward. Like, if I want to make a game for the Switch, if you're telling me me and my friends can sit down and, and make one and play it on the Nintendo it's, Switch and it'll be on their storefront, that's better than what they've ever done with their publishers. Oh, um, all I have to say is 
Unity does support Nintendo Switch. <laughs> right. You guys, you guys are on here hyping up on real. I'm just gonna say Unity. Supports that was my blanket well. statement. Out there, of course, Unity Unreal, right? Yeah. But that's that's oh, a huge shit. step, in my opinion, of Nintendo like uh, seeing that we can fill up this this roster other than Nintendo mm-hmm. games. Like if they can really exploit that and really bait a lot of indie de- uh, indie developers into their their field and, and do that mm-hmm. I think that will solve mm-hmm. a lot of issues yeah and I'm not sure yeah I don't know about the dev kits or like how much they cost or what they are or anything like that but I don't even know if you have any sort of indie dev program right but but I would believe if if you have unity and unreal supporting you then you yeah. want you want indies to come along Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I think the 100%. plan is in place. Their rollout, their at least pre-rollout, isn't strong yet. Like they're, they're not like, all right, if you want to develop, right, this is what you got to yeah. do. So and, it's yeah. going to be a little late. Well, I'm, I'm sure it's too strong sure. to ignore anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure they want to get their online right structure stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because because uh, that goes into something I read today. But supposedly the rumor is the price for their online service. Is going cheaper to be like, than Sony and Microsoft. Yeah, it's going to be like twenty bucks or something like that, roughly for the year. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's free until they have it up or something, right? Isn't it like <laughs> uh, free until September of next year? So they everyone gets to go on it for free, and then they yeah. start paying or something. Yeah. Well, that that tells me a couple of things, right? It tells me, you know, they want to try it out, they want to get it, they want to see if it's right, but they also know that they they're nowhere near providing the value that PSN or Xbox Live right. support provides so but really like when you think about it all that you expect or maybe it's just me is i just want to be able to go online and play games against other people mm-hmm. i'm not really excited about too much more maybe the games for gold like oh you're a member here's the free game that you get this month or whatever eh, that's, that's hit or miss for me but i just want to be able to go online and play games against other people yeah right and it that used to be completely free yeah now it's 49.99 you know yeah yeah, yeah. So well, uh, they can well, you're, playing, you're playing uh, what is it, Heroes? What is it, Heroes of the Storm? Whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm playing Hots now. It's free, 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 free. <laughs> That's the PC, PC <laughs> consoles. Yeah. Don't can't, play it like that. Yeah. yeah, you can't charge PC players to play online. They, they'll, freak the, they'll freak the hell out. Yeah, they bring but somehow, but, but somehow paying for MMOs was a thing for some reason. Uh, you know. Anyway, it's just being smart. <laughs> See, man, you got to take it there, dude. I just was talking about Sony and Microsoft. <laughs> got to bring up my old addictions in front of all my friends. No, it's all good. Well, I mean, uh, I'll say this. Yeah. 20 bucks to play online for the year is a substantial price point, even if the offering is different, because I'm sure there's a lot of people with consoles for like the bells and whistles don't really impress me. I just want to be able to go online and play Halo against other people. And then that's it. Like add them to my friends list and play them. That's it. You know, so paying 20 bucks for that, uh, that sounds great if I'm used to paying 49. Yeah. 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 I think they're very smart with their pricing. I think they're very smart. Uh, further disassociation with <laughs> from uh, from the, from Sony and Microsoft. Like they're like mm-hmm. not even competing with them at all. Yeah. Releasing in March, which is a huge open window for them to sell their consoles. 
Smart. What I want to know is how come my iPad doesn't work like a switch? Like how come Apple didn't just see those commercials and say, oh, dope, let's do that, right? And just here are your controllers for your iPad. Here's your docking station. Next day, uh, yeah. Nintendo Switch competition. That's- I, think, I think the comparison is like, uh, you know, the difference between a Fitbit and an Apple Watch. It's like people buy the Fitbit mm-hmm. to work out. And so people mm-hmm. buy the Nintendo Switch just to play the games and yeah. all these accessories. Nintendo noticed that iPad is not going to create these type of controllers at all for it. And people who buy it, it's it's hard to message to them. Like, it's not the core audience that they want to. Yeah, that's, yeah. I guess that's what it hurt is because they're so open and flexible and accessible yeah. by all different types of developers. It's hard for them to say this is a standard uniform controller yeah. for our device. Yeah. Well, they, they, you know, Apple supports Bluetooth controllers, but they're like a hundred dollars a pop. Mm-hmm. Right. And so and like, and it's just, it just becomes ridiculous. Right. Yeah. And, and, and on, you know, and honestly, like at the, at the resolution, sorry, forget all the technical stuff. Like sure. Apple, Apple just doesn't seem to care too much about video games mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as, as yeah. much as, as much as they really should. And there's some people internally that care a lot about video games, but yeah. there's like, when, when there's, they show some video game stuff on the keynote, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this video game stuff. Okay. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> right. You know, like, like they, they have no interest whatsoever. You guys get a slide. Games. All right. <laughs> I, they must have some very impressive charts in the hardware and app market to look at the video game sales and app sales for games to look at that as like minuscule. Oh, judging by Ray's face. Uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah I, don't think, I don't think they'll take the money. Sure. Right. But when it comes to like, let's make an actual video game platform, mm-hmm. they're like, they're like, why? You yeah. know, like, and well, I mean, I don't even think that iPad people are even looking for a video game platform. The iPad Pro, the new iPads are quite powerful. I, I've yes. seen the applications that those things are running. Yes. And I'm not going to lie, you give it to plain Jane or average Joe, like, hey, play my iPad game. Now play this Nintendo Switch game. I mean, they're probably not going to be able to like discernibly say, "Oh, this is better." It's better you know. Yeah. The, well, the only the only difference, the one thing about Nintendo that they like when it docks, mm-hmm. supposedly it will up clock, it'll up clock yeah. the GPU, right? Mm-hmm. It's because it because they will have more headroom to burn off heat and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, right? Uh, so, uh, so, so like when it's docked, it's probably going to be kind of pretty way more beastly than say an iPad. But then when you're carrying it around, it's probably iPad quality. It's it's Tegra. What is it? Tegra Tegra X X one. This yeah. is G- GPU. So that's you know, or that's the rumor that what the GPU is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty excited. Like I think once people see like a gathering of two three people with those things. With a switch and they're playing and having fun. It, it's At anime expo. Yeah, it's it's like let's imagine when you saw the the guys in the lounge playing the Wii, right? Mm-hmm. When you saw it, it looks fun. It looked cool, kind of like what the virtual reality stuff is starting to do, but it hasn't really capitalized yet. You, you see it yeah. at the malls and and stuff and display, but you haven't really seen too many people out there with VR headset. I can see the switch being more accessible. Like you'll see it more on the college campuses. You will see it more in <laughs> outside you know people in the park i really do see people just hanging out and just playing with it on the picnic table and i think that's when it's going to catch fire 
Well, my worry about that is like when I think about gaming on the go, like my requirement and maybe I'm just this type of guy, but I want it to fit in my pocket so that it's convenient to carry around. It's not, you know, bulky. I don't have to worry about the dongle from the controller catching my pocket as I pull it out or catching lint and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, So I've been a big fan of like the PSP size like that to me was like this is what I would consider triple A level gaming on the go. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I know you're a big dude. And I know you must have some big pockets, but PS, PSP Dude. can't fit no pocket. What are you talking about? I'll go get mine right now. <laughs> well, I'll say I'll tell you this, Maybe. man. You can't fit an iPad in a pocket. You can't fit yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Maybe a PSP Go. Maybe the PSP Go can fit your pocket. But, uh, original PSP. Dude, I wear Junkos, man. Junkos. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's the travel. That's my big concern. Yeah, I'm not exactly. It's like. How do you Will portability it? actually be something that is a detriment for this? Even though it's supposed to be gaming on the go, I just, it's like a, mm-hmm. that is a hefty yeah. looking piece of hardware. It's like a Rob me now. Yeah. Pause. Well, well, yeah. Well, for me, yeah, for me, you know, my back, I have a bag and it fits my laptop mm-hmm. and I have a iPad mini in there. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, so, so uh, a Nintendo Switch taking place of the iPad Mini is is not a not a big deal. Yeah, at least okay. at least for me, at least for me. Yeah, I haven't really seen the size yet. It's pretty iPad yeah. Mini size, right? I, yeah, so I saw the I when I just watched a commercial and somebody was holding it and it looked it looked like iPad Mini size. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's about. From what I've seen, it reminds me about this. Yeah. Uh, to those who can't see it, I held up a book that was big <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> yeah, you're not complaining about carrying books, man. I'm sure you. Uh, it looks. It looks light. It looks light. It looks portable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's probably light, and then the controllers are more bulky than they are heavy. I would imagine. You know. Actually, so. and actually, you brought you just as soon as you said controllers, and we're talking about portability. Something pops into my head for people like me and you. Those control that those controllers look mad tiny. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's yeah. that's the one. That's the one issue that I have. They look really really small. Uh, <laughs> They're gonna add. They the look like remember board. when they made those? Yeah, nice. but of course remember they, they have those micro Game Boys. Mm. The like Game Boy Micro, yeah. they look like Game Boy, like a little bigger than the Game Boy Micro. Yeah, but of course, of course, you could buy a Pro controller, mm-hmm. right? And it would be fine. But like the, those base controllers, yeah, they look they look really really small. Yeah, I'm yeah. curious. I'm curious what you guys look like with those ridiculous small controllers. <laughs> like this, it looks bad. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know how tough it is to explain how cool you are at some game, and they're just laughing at how hard it is for you to hit the buttons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, looks really small. Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta get my hand on it. That's the thing where they always have it in in the holidays because then you, they have it at the E3s at the GDCs, so people mm-hmm. can actually touch it and play around. Besides press, yeah. so in March it's it's either go to GameStop to check it out or something like that. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of GameStop, Larry, do you want to introduce our, our next topic? Sure. So GameStop is kind of hot in the press right now for an expose that was, I guess, kind of leaked anonymously internally to news sources that the GameStop program leads employees to uh, 
fabricate information about their stock because there's this new quota system that they have. GameStop looks at all their stores and says, you should do, you know, like, and I'm paraphrasing here, like 30% should come from new retail, 30% should come from used, 30% come from accessories and like add-on subscription, that kind of stuff. And if your numbers start to askew, even if you're doing well, if your numbers start to askew, it's looked at as a bad thing, mm. right? If you don't maintain your 33 across the board, you're doing you're doing you're doing wrong, right? The manager will get in trouble, employees will get in trouble. They actually keep score on the individual employees per sale. So, like, if someone comes in and buys a brand new Xbox One, and they don't sell them, then what would that be? Uh, it's like three hundred. So that would be sixty dollars worth of used stuff along with that Xbox One. That employee is in trouble, even though they just added three hundred dollars of revenue to you know your daily uh, receipt. You know what that sounds like, right? They're they are dying. <laughs> <laughs> well and they're they're killing well yeah them. well yeah it's already been reported right that that year over that year their numbers are their numbers are going down year over year mm-hmm. like 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 why is anybody still going to gamestop like for real though right and like like that place like this news if anybody's surprised that gamestop is shady it's like come on now like we knew they've been shady for like a long time mm-hmm. right and uh and especially as game developers most game developers are not big fans of gamestop and use game resales and all that kind of stuff right so it's just like it's like they just yeah they just need to die off and, and <laughs> damn right so this, this is what i've been telling uh, on to the next one yeah i've been telling larry about this for a long time like gamestop so the other day i went to the gamestop right in one of their stores just to check out some stuff just why? Waiting. <laughs> I was waiting for my wife, and there was a GameStop, so I'm going to the GameStop. There was it was surprisingly somewhat crowded. Maybe that GameStop is special, but there there's something about you know the social gathering aspect of it, like we were talking about earlier. It, it's a cool place where mm-hmm. gamers can hang out. Like I don't think they're capitalizing mm-hmm. on that at all. Like they're not promoting uh, competitions. They're not doing local local cool stuff like uh, get into game development you know more about the games if, if they if they just change their their thinking and view of what their stores can represent since they have so many spread throughout the united states right they can really do something fun to i mean honestly you just got to think of ways to keep people in their stores and and create this kind of like uh environment for for gamers to hang out if they don't want to be at home like where else would you do that i mean the idea of Best Buy before was like, oh, I'll sample some games, right? You go mm-hmm. to Best Buy, you sample some games. And not everyone has access to this. If they start setting it up like an arcade or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if you, I don't know, if they really want to make money, they, they have all these games. They have these all, all these systems. Just set up the systems in games and just pay, you know, make people pay hourly yeah. to, to play games. Like I would hang out, you know, for a yeah, cool. Check well, you know, they, test out games. Yeah, you, well, you know, like that's that exact idea. There's there's a bunch of like game cafes, especially exactly. in, like in Toronto. In Toronto, where I'm from, there's a bunch of uh, game cafes I that people just go play games, pay pay uh, thirty minutes, pay some money per every 30 minutes or something like that yeah um yeah it's it's popular for a reason it's just so funny to me that they can't make that connection it's not like they're buying any more stuff like if all their stuff is there they just need to connect it to a an outlet it's just so funny that they don't jump to that conclusion instead of what like a year ago they were talking about going to indie publishing 
It's like, what the fuck? You have like no, <laughs> you have no experience. You sell games. What are you yeah. doing publishing games for? You're that's like far left. I don't, and honestly, like I used to hang out in uh, in uh, GameStop all the time, yeah. right? Back way back in the day. But like, but now, like I go in there, it's it's like super depressing. All yeah. I see is pure pure games and like and all of the new stuff is like behind the counter or behind some glass you have to ask specifically for the new like that place is just shady at this point like it's just it's just done and yeah yeah just gotta keep going that way they are done yeah we just gotta keep moving they need some new yeah. <laughs> yeah. so hopefully i don't know i still think there's value there to Especially well, now when everyone's in their home playing games. It's like there's value to these type of places where they can open it up and be like, hey, gamers, you like games? Well, this week we're talking about Final Fantasy. So Final Fantasy fans yeah. coming. I mean, Comic-Con, you know, E3 is getting bigger than ever. People like being surrounded by like-minded people. And if you can make that year-round, you know, that's kind of cool. I don't know. GameStop, guys, hire me. I can fix it. <laughs> and screw the GameStop, guys. See, that's a business idea for us right now. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it sucks. I, I kind of don't want to see them go because I, I grew up with GameStop. I, I had a lot of fun with my friends there. and I, I just think they're, they need to fire some people and make some decisions, man. I'll just say this, man. Everything that I could want to do at GameStop, I can do somewhere else and more things there. And that's that's just the biggest problem. Yeah. Like, if I want to get a game today, GameStop isn't the only place that I could go to do that, yeah. right? Like, if right. I want to check out accessories, if I want to buy any of the stuff there besides used games, yeah. I mostly can go anywhere else. And that's the, that was the crazy thing. Like, back in the day, if you wanted a game on release, you had to go to GameStop. Yeah. Yep. And now, yes. game on release, I can get that Best Buy. I can get that Amazon. Amazon, it'll come to my door. I don't have to leave the day house on, <laughs> on day of, right? It'll show up, right? So yes. I don't yes. see the point at all. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, sorry, GameStop, but rest in peace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so before we before we end this segment, then let's and this is probably not very friendly at all. But when do you think the nail in the coffin will be for GameStop? If you if you're gonna call it now, when oh. and why? Dude, for them to all right, for them to year after year report losses, and now they're in the business of like high pressure sales. Well, well, like just fucking with numbers. <laughs> like what? They, it, I think they're on their last year or two, dude. Okay. Uh, especially who, with people, if their main business is buying or selling games, right? Yeah. Every console has their their own game store. <laughs> like, what? What is the point of going there anymore? Yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say completely gone, but maybe two years you get it. You get a new story about so many stores closing down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. You know what I mean. And then like the slow, the slow decline. You know what I mean? Because um, yeah. I, I, th- I think just in general, like these, all of these retail brick and mortar places are probably going to just dead off really, really soon. Yeah. Like you know, I think Best Best Buys have been having their issues, and and uh, GameStop's having their issues, and Amazon is like just out out here just trying to eat everybody's lunch. So mm-hmm. like like it's yeah, it's gonna be rough. 
man, I guess com commerce as a whole, right? I think is going to go through a big change. By the time my kids are old enough to play video games, I'm going to be telling them about when I could go to the mall yeah. <laughs> and actually put my hands on products. <laughs> yeah. I, like all I see is movie theaters and restaurants, but everything else, Amazon online ordering is just going to kill brick and mortar as far as consumerism goes. Yeah. Hell, I don't know hell, when. Hell, even movie theaters, like, even movie theaters are yeah. a hard time right now. So. Yeah. yeah. That's a totally different topic, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. It's going to be all VR, man. <laughs> it's all VR. You can have VR experiences of Blockbuster or GameStop. My, I want my movie collection to be a Blockbuster in VR, where I walk down the aisles and like pick up. Okay, that's a, that's a yeah. tangent. Uh, all right, I'm going to close this article. Brandon, do you want to take us through to the last one or the next one? All right. The last one, we won't get too political. But we'll talk a bit about the Trump immigration ban. Uh, so, of course, pro-Trump or against Trump, we don't care. There's a ban going on that's affecting the tech industry. You know, you would hear Google and all these Silicon yes. Valley companies. They're already complaining about how half their employees are in trouble. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, you're keeping out a lot of smart people by doing this. And yeah. so... Uh, of course, our, our industry is affected by this because we have a lot of people with visas and from those countries yes. that are working in the... I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on this? Is this something of a long-term thing or what are the ramifications? Well, so it's already clearly created problems for the United States. Or is it people getting... You have all these major airports, people protesting, people who can't see their family, who went away on a trip, who couldn't get back in when the ban went into place. Then you have the government itself fighting against other parts of the government to try to allow people back in. Judges ruling against the ban. That in itself shows a dysfunctional, disorganized government. I'm not going to take it any politically further than that. I'm going to get back to the topic, which is it's fucked up for everybody in tech because we have people in the country who have visa, who have student visa, who are work visas, who don't have, uh, what do you, who, who aren't citizens yet, right? Their jobs, their ability to be able to help Google, to help AT&T, Johnson & Johnson, whatever company the hell they work for, not just the game industry, are in trouble. These people are worried about being able to see their family, about being able to travel home and come back, about being able to work remotely and have any sort of communication with the main branch. This is, this is bullshit. It really is all because of some speculation that a couple of people could be bad dudes. We're going to bad hombres, like bad hombres, bad hombres. <laughs> this is, I just, don't, I don't get it, man. We're not helping anybody except for people who are afraid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, like, um, but I, th I think like there's some, there's some uh, bright side to it, it, which is basically there. There are people that are, although people are. are <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> people are challenging the constitutionality of it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so a bunch of different states are are suing, mm -hmm. and and you know, and so this so that process is going to go down, right? And some judge try to try to put put a put a stay uh, on the order, right? Mm -hmm. So so hopefully that stuff will go down, and and but then but it still doesn't remove the fear. That, uh, that some, that yeah. some people fe feel right and and how it's going to impact the tech industry and all that right and then there's a, there's another rumor that there might be another executive order coming that might do something with h1b's mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right and if and if that happens man like google facebook and apple could be at the white house going like what's up 
Like they, they're gonna be, they're gonna be real worried, right? Because yeah. uh, like, because a huge part of the tech workforce is is definitely uh, relying on H one Bs. But 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 like, if that happened, it would be such a dis- like. I I can't even Dude. Trump. Like, Trump is kind of. He seems kind of crazy, but like that would be that would be bananas, and it would really do. It wouldn't really help America put it that way. Silicon Valley turns to Silicon Canyon, <laughs> Silicon Graveyard. Yeah, and like and it, it just, leaving. Yeah, it wouldn't be a good. It just wouldn't be a good idea at all. You know, and and in light of the, it's funny in light of all this though, right? You know, I used to work at Ubisoft Toronto, yeah. and in light of all this, uh, there was there was a Justin Trudeau. You, you are welcome here. You know, we are an inclusive country. Please come to us, right? Uh-huh. So, so like, the, the other flip side is maybe uh, maybe Canada's uh, video game scene, a tech scene, are like an influx of people. And, and even if even if the Trump thing gets gets uh, gets squashed and it's all good and it goes all back to normal, right? People that are in other countries or on H1Bs or whatever and think about, okay, where do I want to go work? Mm-hmm. They might think twice, you know what I'm saying, and go somewhere else. It's the same on the other side, right? The the hiring guys who, you know, the Google and Facebook, now they got to think about, is it a risk hiring people from out of country if this thing happens? You know, production stops, literally. Well, it's already, well, it's already like those recruiters, man. Recruiters don't really like like it when you have when you need a visa i'm talking like from first hand experience yeah. like for me for me it's you know, for me it's a little bit better because like i'm canadian right so there's a special visa that i could get like a nafta visa that's super easy to get right so when they're, they're like oh do you need a visa yeah yeah you're from canada though right yeah i'm from canada oh okay fine like like they're super happy about that mm. but like h1 the h1b process is is very money consuming and it's a lottery, right? There's not enough. There's not enough visas to go around. Mm-hmm. So, like, some people are left working in some foreign country for like a year while they wait for the H one B to come through, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's you know, it's it's already an arduous process. And then having and it's extremely vetted. It's, it's funny. That's just recently I had a, I had my green card interview, mm-hmm. and like they know everything about me. They have. They have my fingerprints. They got pictures. They know everything about me, where I worked, where you know. So, so like it's you're extremely vetted already, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, and just putting more stuff in the way is is not going to have a positive effect on on the businesses that rely on it. Maybe that's the overall call, just to make it tougher. Even knowing that some it, it will be removed eventually, it's just like the damage is done somewhat. Yeah. Damn. It's unnecessary, man. Yeah. It's- Could you imagine, right? If you, it's February, so likely there's a lot of travel still happening around now. Um, maybe people returning to jobs, people going away to see snow, coming back and like, oh no, sorry, you can't get back into this country. Oh, dude, that's my that's my greatest fear. Like, because I I travel on a yeah. visa, I travel on a visa, so like yes. I know I know exactly. Yes. You, you go to the border, you talk to that guy at the border, and those guys are not the most friendly. Right, yeah. and, and so and so sometimes you get a good person, sometimes you don't, right? And and then you, you sit there, you answer the questions, you, and you just so you're just like, please, 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 just say yes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and even yeah. though you get through, you get through every single time, and right? it's not really a big issue, but it's it's still like it's at their sole discretion whether they can just mess up your day, right? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. so I I totally know all about that, like totally, yeah. And for people who can't relate, it's like when you're at the nightclub 
and you want to go outside to handle a phone call. So you go to the bouncer and like make a funny face, like, ha ha, I'll be right back. And then you come back and he's like, oh, the line's over there. Man, you just saw me leave. I'm good. He's like, nah, can't let you know re end. You got to get back in the line. And all your friends are inside having a great time. Mm. Shit sucks. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a joke, but it's like that's that's an easy way to explain. You got to take the call in the bathroom, man. <laughs> and honestly, the whole thing about it too really just shows how people just don't understand the immigration process. Yeah, and that like people coming that come into this country on visas, man, like like they're they want they know everything about you except for except for yeah. like what your booty hole looks like. Like, I mean, you know, <laughs> they know everything about you, man. And and, and, and there's so much paperwork you got to send. You, they do background yeah. checks, you know, like if, if you have documents that are not in an English language, you have to get the documents translated to English and notarized. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a process, right? Yeah. So, so for the fact that people think that, oh, some, somebody could get through. Just flashing uh, a card. Yeah. Just, just, get on through and then come and do something in America is kind of like, nah, man, like, I mean, the chance, chance of it happening. Yeah, sure. It can happen. But the chance of it happening is, is mad low. So I just look at it. Like there's already people here who are doing in- incredibly intolerable, hateful, racist, inhumane things. Like we can't even solve that problem. Yeah. And to think like, I want to excommunicate or extradite. I don't know how many millions of people are affected by this. Right, like, well, they even, even if ninety nine point nine, go ahead, go ahead, go. Ahead. I was just saying that I was just saying that they're not going to actually throw anybody out that's here, mm-hmm. but but of course, like you know, slippery slope. You could see that maybe being the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, yeah, it's slippery slope. At, at least at least they're not if doing. You don't that, know what slippery slope means? Yeah, not yet. You just said it. <laughs> not yet. This is I said this it. is the gateway. Said, <laughs> this is the yeah, yeah. I said at least at least they're not doing that yet. You know, at least yeah, okay, not. okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah not yet, dude. I'm complete yeah. Japanese internment camp World War II style. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. this is the last interview that Ray's gonna broadcast in America. Happy <laughs> 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 working from Canada. <laughs> oh, let's just say that. Maybe like that four second delay like on TV. And now we go to Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, we're here. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, scary, dude. Well, I mean, yeah. The tech industry is pissed. I mean, they're already thinking about uh they're already reacting in a way where they're setting up base in Canada. Some of the Silicon Valley companies are already thinking mm-hmm. about all right, if this does happen, mm-hmm. worst case scenario, we gotta set up camp in Canada. Well, like all well, there. but first of all, all of those companies these already have yeah. offices in Canada. Yeah. Like all of them. Yeah. Especially it's like Facebook, Facebook and Google have a huge ass campus like right next to the school I used to go to in Canada. Like I mean, they already got camp up there, right? So if they need to if they need to stash people and they do like like when they when they apply for people's visa, they stash people in Canada, they stash people in other countries and wait for the visa to come through and then then move into the States, right? Like they're experienced at this, they know they know what they're doing. They got lawyers and, and they know what's up, right? And so that's why that's why, you know, they they made those statements or like, hey, you know, we're here for our employees, right? And, and they have experience with this stuff, right? So, uh, but it's but it's like it's a sad that that ha- people even have to do this stuff. You know, it's just it's terrible. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you, you kind of need the whole world to get the best, right? Uh, and 
we, thankfully America has a lot of great companies that we're kind of turning our backs on if, if half of them are out of country and we're not allowing them back in. <laughs> it's like, how is that helpful, guys? I don't know. I, I think hopefully this irons out and maybe maybe the whole thing is a huge elaborate uh effort to get all these tech companies to bring their foreign money back into the united states you know i mean that's that's but that's the thing right this is like it's not it's not that that people are being like it's not like their jobs are being taken from foreigners at google right you're just unqualified, bro. <laughs> you're like it's not suddenly now you can work at Google because people are are not being able to get on get past the gate. <laughs> it's just like you're still not qualified. I don't know what people. Are. So I, yeah. I don't think it's not yeah. helping anyone really. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's the same old story, man. If you if you're suffering, if you have an issue, if you see something happening to you. Hmm. and you don't know what it is or times are changing automations take your job or whatever is happening and you don't know what it is you know time and time again throughout history we always look at the immigrants and go it's you mm-hmm. uh that's that's what we do that's that's what happens you know so yeah we gets that look all the time i guess <laughs> <laughs> Um, is it that time? It is that time. <laughs> it is that time. People. Since I'm Larry Charles and I got the mic, feeling good. I'm saying good night. Thank you for joining us this week. If you have any comments or anything, please email Ray. <laughs> any complaints, give it to him. Any compliments, give it to us. This is Brandon Pam. See you guys next week. Yes, guys. Thank you for having me on again. Much love, much respect. Peace. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.